Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to the Simply Vegan podcast from the team at Vegan Food and Living, the UK's best-selling vegan magazine. Every Tuesday, we taste test the newest vegan products, discuss the latest vegan news and answer your questions on everything from nutrition and supplementation to recipe ideas and dealing with negative backlash. Every Thursday, we speak to some of the leading names in veganism, from doctors and scientists to vegan chefs, celebrities and authors. Head to your platform of choice to like and subscribe and stay up to date with all the latest episodes. You can also listen to us on your smart speaker or on YouTube. And don't forget to leave us a review to help spread the word and help others on their plant-powered journey. Hi, Ella. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm okay, thanks. It's so dark here. It's like half six, but it feels like about midnight. <laughs> I hate that. Where are you? Where are you? I'm in the UK, like um, down south on the south coast. So, um, okay. whereabouts are you? Um, well, I'm. I live in Miami, uh, in Florida, uh, but I'm in uh, Virginia at a sanctuary at our farm animal sanctuary. I come up here to help out with the animals oh, um, wow. regularly. Oh yeah. my god! How amazing! It's fantastic. So good. Do you run that then? So I'm uh, the vice president on the, on the board and I helped, uh, it's a good friend of mine. I helped her start it and we got our first animals here, went up to pick them up uh, in May. So we got three uh, 700 pound farm pigs and we've never done any of this before. So it's, it's all a learning, 
learning experience, but it's super fun. That's amazing. God, I'd love to be able to do something like that. I'm forever. I follow so many different like sanctuaries and stuff and some in like in Canada and America, and they're always asking for help. And I'm thinking, why am I following? I can't do anything. (laughs) (laughs) That maybe donate, I guess. (laughs) Yes. Well, we, we are looking for virtual volunteers. So, okay. (laughs) Well, you've, you've been vegan an awful long time, haven't you? 25 years? 20, yeah, 26 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. So what, yeah. tell us your story, kind of what led you to make the change? Yeah. So when I was just seven years old, I uh, got home from school one day and we had learned about Daniel Boone in school. And for those of you who don't know, Daniel Boone is one of our first American folk heroes. And he carried around a shotgun and he wore a, a raccoon hat and I told my mom, I said, we learned about this supposed to be a hero, this guy, Daniel Boone, and he wasn't a hero at all. He was awful. He was mean. He shot animals and he ate them. And my mom was honest with me and she said, well, Ella, you know, we're we're lucky we don't have to do that anymore. We just go to the grocery store and, and buy our meat there. And it was at that moment that I connected the food on my plate with the animal that it was. And I was horrified. And I said, well, I'm never doing that again. And that was it. Never eat meat again. I was seven years old at that time. Not only did I know that, you know, I felt that eating animals was wrong. I really thought the world should know. (laughs) And so from that age on, I was, I was making the argument, like, why are we eating animals when we can, when we have so many other things to eat? And so I would write about it in school and I'd I'd start doing the research. And by the time I was 15, I really understood all the animal agricultural industries and became vegan and an animal rights activist at the age of 15. That's amazing because the age of 15, you're so influenced by friends and your peers, aren't you? And, and, you know, I'd imagine back then, 20 years ago, you know, there wasn't as much awareness or acceptance of veganism. Not at all. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> but I, I do remember uh, it, it just didn't occur to me uh, to be influenced any other way uh, because I felt so, so strongly about it that I was I just thought I just needed to educate everybody. I thought the problem was not me. The problem was that people didn't know. And so it was it was a little bit of a rude awakening after doing so much, you know, leafleting and educational work to kind of discover that a lot of people weren't ready to know. They didn't want to know. And that was that was pretty painful. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. Even now, I think it's it's hard, isn't it? Um, yes. My 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 daughter's 15 now. She's been vegan for four years. Mm. Um, and she just kind of gets on with it quietly. I don't think she'd be brave enough to do what you did. So well done, because that's, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's an amazing thing to be doing as a teenager. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, yeah, I didn't think about it. It just was what I needed to do. I knew it was my calling. So you left school and did you go to union staff? Did you, what did you study? So I ended up uh, studying social work. I got my undergrad and I went on later to get my master's degree in social work, uh, a helping profession. Uh, so back then it was uh, 2002 when I graduated from school, uh, from college, and I actually jumped into the fitness industry after getting my social work degree. Uh, it just kind of happened 
to present itself an opportunity to work in the fitness industry, which is another passion of mine. So I jumped right in and and kind of figured out my own path for promoting veganism, even though there wasn't really a business kind of opportunity, career opportunity that I could figure out at that time. So I kind of made it my mission to just be the living example of um, what was possible eating plants alone. You really are. I mean, can we just talk about your abs? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Tell me how to get abs like yours, because I I swear I eat like one piece of toast and then (laughs) there's like two inches of fat around my middle. I just... (laughs) Yes, well, I am. I am very fortunate. I have to kind of uh, preempt this by saying that I started gymnastics at the age of five years old and swimming and dance and just have never stopped being in sports. And gymnastics is such a strength building sport for a young person. So I was doing, you know, out pull-upping my whole school by the fifth grade and uh, just had really a lot of strength. And so I kind of started very young, but have never stopped. And, you know, utilizing a lot of functional fitness is important for abs. I mean, I could go on and on, but, but diet without, without a proper healthy diet, um, abs are not possible. What kind of foods do you eat then to stay in shape and kind of support all your, you know, your active lifestyle? Yeah, well, I I don't stress about food or calories or macros, which is really different than a lot of uh, fitness trainers out there uh, working with clients. I really teach intuitive eating, and that took a long time for me to establish that ability to kind of eat intuitively. But my my diet is really based in uh, veggies and beans. I'm a big legume eater. So I eat chickpeas for breakfast with um, some greens and just really focusing on keeping, you know, as much whole foods as part of my diet and a bu- bunch of variety, but really basing it in, in like green vegetables and then lots of legumes for um, the fiber, the complex carbs, uh, the protein, of course. But I don't do a lot of I don't do a ton of supplements um, and I don't do a lot of protein shakes. Okay. So it's really, you know, it's really possible to get everything that you need from Whole Foods. And that's not to say that there's anything wrong with uh, good quality supplements. I do have a couple uh, kind of more meal replacement protein uh, shakes, you could call them, but they have also probiotics and they have the fiber there. I, I really think that um, the more we can keep whole the food. So not just taking out the protein, not just taking out the oil from avocado, which is a healthy fat, but then you take out the oil and you've just taken out the fat, not the rest of, of the plant. And it all works so well together within our bodies. What about grains? Do you include those in meals? I do. I do. I I eat whole grains, uh, but not as much as I do legumes. Okay. Uh, Whole grains are kind of like a fill in. Right. Like when I, when I need something else, maybe that's the, the legumes aren't going to do it for me. Then I'll fill it in with quinoa. Um, you know, uh, every once in a while I have like Pharaoh, some of the ancient grains and I do treat myself. I am not, I don't deprive myself of having some fun treats every now and then. Um, nothing better than a good vegan donut. Right? Oh, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, God, don't. I used to scoff like three in one go. I, I can't go near donuts. <laughs> so yeah. 
Yes. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing. The um, staying away from those addictive foods can make you just not crave them. So I, I gave up uh, sugar, refined sugar many years ago. And I kind of got to that point where I felt like I needed something sweet after dinner every night. And I just didn't like having that, you know, feeling kind of powerless over that craving. And I decided to just give it a try to, to cut all the refined sugar. And after a month, I really wasn't craving it. And now I, it doesn't even really taste that good to me. So to get to that point where it's not like I'm using my willpower to try to resist, it's literally that I don't crave it anymore. So that's one of the benefits of, you know, we, we talk about moderation, but sometimes with some foods because of the physical addiction that they cause moderation isn't, isn't that possible? Yeah. Maybe that's what I need to do then. Yeah. I, for me, it's mainly lunch. I have, so I tend to fast if I can in the morning um, until sort of like midday. And then, Mm -hmm. but then as soon as I start eating lunch, it's like, I've just turned on this switch. I just can't stop. (laughs) So I'll have my lunch, which will be like a big salad with, you know, often legumes or, um, I don't know, apple and walnuts or something like that. Um, but then I just need, I just like, I want to keep going. Like I, then I'm like, Oh, I'll just maybe have a bit of bread with hummus and then a chocolate bar. And it's like, Oh God, it's all gone wrong. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. Well, that intermittent fasting, you know, that works really well for a lot of people. It doesn't work so well for me. Um, so it's something that I really recommend kind of experimenting with exploring a little and, um, figuring out what might work better for you, you know, as an individual, because maybe. Maybe you open up that floodgate and, and your body's like, I really wish you had fed me earlier. Yeah. And so I'm going to just have you keep eating since you've got this smaller window. Yeah. You know? <laughs> okay. I'll bear that in mind and perhaps um, experiment a bit. Um, in one of your, so you host your own podcast, don't you? I do. The Vegan Life Coach Podcast. And how long has that been going for? Ooh, uh, we'll be going on two years uh, in the spring. It'll okay. be two years. Mm-hmm. So you talk about accountability in one of them, which really sort of resonated with me. Um, my PT, who was sort of running boot camp classes twice a week, and she's just amazing. She sort of um, introduced me to veganism and she's been injured now for over a year. I've just really struggled to find something to replace it. And I know a lot of people have sort of found this since the pandemic. They've maybe, mm-hmm. you know, the gyms have been closed or their classes have finished or gone online and how do you kind of keep, you know, how do you keep that mindset and keep going when you kind of feel a bit lost? Mm. Are you referring to exercise in particular? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's, there's many things. Um, so there's kind of the, the foundation of all of this is the place you're coming from when you're wanting to make the decision to go work out in one capacity or another. And a lot of times we come from a place of, of punishment in terms of, I need to work out because I hate how I look or, you know, out of, out of negativity. Uh, and that's, that's really not sustainable. That doesn't really help us feel more motivated and enjoy what we're doing because it's more of a punishment or I ate too much yesterday. So I mean, I got to go burn it off. Well, it just makes it not so fun. So if we, you know, on kind of a paradigm shift level, if we look at it and say, okay, well, what, why am I 
really doing this? Can I do this from a place of, of love, of respect for my body, love for myself? What are the, what am I going to get out of this besides losing weight? Because what happens when maybe your body's not losing weight? Um, then do you just stop exercising because you're not getting the results? Well, exercise, there's so many benefits to exercise other than weight loss. So to kind of look at it as uh, from a place of, of love and respect for yourself and your body and for your quality of life is, is one, um, one uh, you know, big shift that needs to happen. Then there's other little things that you can do. For example, I've found some classes that are streaming, but they're streaming live and they're streaming two ways. So I can turn on my video and I find myself for yoga classes. It's really helpful there's a difference between when I turn on my video and the teacher can see me and when I turn off my video and I can start to get distracted, you know, (laughs) so I need, it's a form of accountability. And so I I turn on my video so that they can see me and it kind of helps me keep my, keeps my head in the game throughout the class. So finding things that are maybe still two ways and you have maybe a schedule that if I miss that class, sure, I can go on YouTube, I can go on an an app and and find a class, but that's kind of wishy-washy. Okay. I can do that anytime. Well, when I schedule a class and say, okay, it's at seven 30, I'm going to get up and I'm going to do it. So there are different ways to kind of look at what's going to help you stay motivated and stay accountable. Um, because our willpower, it runs out. Willpower is, it's, it's very overrated, I would say. And then people punish themselves because they think they don't have enough. Well, we're human. Willpower is going to run out. We need a deeper issue. And a lot of times motivation actually follows action. And we're waiting for motivation to get into action when we just got to do it. And then the motivation actually comes after. And that's something that our head mindset coach, Stephanie, always talks about with our our clients. Motivation comes after action. And it just kind of cuts out an excuse of, oh, I don't feel motivated. So what? Do it anyway. Yeah, (laughs) I definitely need to hear this advice right now. (laughs) I've I've joined a gym, but I'm sort of like, oh, I don't want to go. I just feel uh, it's winter. You know, every excuse in the book. And I just need to get out there and do it and get back back in the game. Yeah. And then finding activities that you really actually enjoy or that um, that you need to build skills. That really helps me as well. Uh, and a lot of our clients. So for example, Muay Thai kickboxing and taking not just a fitness class, but actually taking a real kickboxing class where you learn the skills and you can see yourself getting better and progressing each week or a sport, you know, a recreational sport, volleyball or tennis or you know, it doesn't have to be, I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to lift weights every day. And and that does get monotonous and it does get, um, you know, it, it's harder to get motivated sometimes. So finding something that's, that's actually fun. That's a brilliant idea. That is such a good, that's such good advice. Um, I think it's quite daunting as well for a lot of people, isn't it? You walk into a gym, yeah. there's all the equipment laid out in front of you. There's, there's, you know, often a group of men who are, you know, real sort of muscle machines and you're just mm-hmm. kind of like oh god where do I start I don't know how to use any of the equipment and yeah it's just not a great experience it is it can be intimidating do you kind of train in the gym every day as well as everything else that you do uh no not every day um but I, I almost every day do something uh yoga I do a lot of power yoga uh, and that I can do from anywhere and I don't really count that as a workout. I count that as it's a 
you know, important thing and it's tough and I build strength doing it, but I feel like you can do that seven days a week. Right. So, um, but the kickboxing and then the heavy, heavier lifting, which is really where you get the changes in your body is through lifting. And a lot of women, like you said, are intimidated to lift those heavy weights. Number one, you can get injured. So it is really important to uh, pay attention to form. And even if you can get a, a trainer, you know, even if, if it's not accessible to have one, you know, three times a week, even have one once a month to show you and make sure your form is, is on point so that you don't get hurt and make sure you understand how to use the equipment and the machines. Um, even, even that can be really helpful so that you can go in with a little more confidence because lifting those weights, you know, a lot of women are afraid they're going to get bulky and big, but I just have to reiterate all the time. You're not going to get bulky and big. It's the most effective way and the most efficient way to gain lean muscle, which will help then you burn more calories, just sitting on the couch, watching Netflix, if that's what you choose to do, um, (laughs) the more muscle you have. The, the more results you're going to get. Yeah. When I was doing weights and kettlebells and things like that, I was just in such good shape. And then the mm-hmm. pandemic hit and oh, I just feel, yeah. <laughs> um, part of what you do is helping people um, go vegan, isn't it? How does that work? Yeah. Well, anybody who's uh, veg curious, you know, anybody who's, who's kind of open to learning and, and moving in that direction, I really work on supporting them and meeting them where they are. So let's take it where you are. What are you willing to do now? And to make some steps. A lot of people don't even want to get started because they say, well, if I can't, if I can't be vegan all the way, then what's the point? I'm not going to, not going to even try. Well, let's, let's not think about the end result. There's really no such thing as a perfect vegan anyway, you know? Um, So just making steps. So taking this step and taking this step, starting with not thinking so much about what you're giving up, but thinking about what you're adding to your plate. So if you start adding more amazing um, whole fruits, vegetables, legumes, nuts, seeds, you start adding that to your plate, you're going to start pushing off your plate, the things that don't fit anymore, which are going to be the animal products. So if you can just start doing that every day, and figure out what works for you. Some people, it's um, I'm going to eat one vegan meal a, a day to start. Let me let me try that, and then I'll do two vegan meals. Or maybe I have three days out of the week I I do vegan. And what happens a lot of times is that you start to feel so good from it. You start to feel energized. You feel less intimidated and overwhelmed by the idea of changing your diet. That you do start to feel that motivation, and you start to want to uh, continue the process. And then you start to seek support and you reach out and you get involved with groups and it becomes a social thing. And then you start realizing that it feels really good also to not be eating a dead animal, not supporting cruelty. And that feels really good. So it just starts to kind of feel better and better. And then you can be more and more motivated, especially when you start to find that community, which is really important as well. Yeah, definitely. The vegan community is just amazing. I absolutely love it. Everyone's so supportive of each other. They are and they aren't. Some. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's always the odd one. Yeah, no, there's 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 some intricacies there too, you know, people judging each other. And and so one of the things that we also help is help vegans kind of deal with emotions and a lot of people that are doing it for ethical reasons. It's it's coming from, you know, there's a lot of anger and there's a lot of sadness that's involved there. So another thing we do for, um, for vegans, especially ethical vegans is help kind of uh, 
rein those emotions in so that we can utilize them in a healthy way and really encourage other people to, um, to move in this direction as opposed to maybe push them away. Yeah, that's really interesting because I, I think you do struggle at times, don't you? And I know I have friends and, and me personally um, have felt like that at times. And you just want to kind of scream and shout and post everything on social yeah. media and say, look, look what you're doing. Just stop. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it doesn't work. So right. um, so is this something that you do virtually as well as because obviously, you know, people listening in the UK, can they access your services? Oh, yes, absolutely. We are we are virtual. We do our group coaching on Zoom. Um, we have a free Facebook group. We have a lot of free resources. I have a free masterclass. Um, we've got a lot of, of resources for people with all different um, budgets as well, uh, our podcast. And then we do have our more intensive coaching programs that really are, you know, kind of handholding you through the process of transitioning to not only just healthy physically, uh, vegan lifestyle, but really getting healthy mentally and emotionally as well. And um, moving through the world with more confidence, with more love for yourself, um, because that's all, you know, that's all important. We, we all want to be happy, right? When it comes down to it, we all want to be happy. And a lot of times we think that happiness is on the other side of weight loss. You know, I'll be happy when I'll be happy when I, I get the job of my dreams or the partner of my dreams or whatever it is. We think happiness is somewhere else. So we really work on accessing that happiness because it's in all of us now. Yeah, it's it's that whole sort of um whole lifestyle approach, I guess, isn't it? Where, you know, it's it not is. just it's not just getting fit. It's not just changing your diet. It's actually so many little things that you need to kind of think about. Yeah. Um what what are the long-term health benefits then of a vegan lifestyle? Because obviously, I mean you're a shining example. You've been vegan all these years. You look incredible. Thank you what, you know, what are the benefits that we can sell to people? <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to sell, uh, sell this lifestyle. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, well, animal pro- products contain dietary cholesterol. And, you know, if, we're, if we want to look at the health benefits, uh, plant foods don't contain cholesterol. No other species gets heart disease. We are uh, consuming animal products and getting these diseases that we can prevent a lot of the times. Uh, heart disease is particularly one of those, but also types of cancers, um, diabetes, type 2 diabetes, obesity, all of these uh, are are things that we can actually prevent through through diet. And it's never too late to a lot of people say, well, I've been eating this way my whole life. You know, what's the point of changing now? There, there's absolutely a point um, because we can start to reverse reverse these things. If you've got high cholesterol, um, high blood pressure, any of those symptoms that could lead to to disease and death, um, these are things that we can prevent with whole food, plant-based way of life. Yeah. And you mentioned energy earlier. Why do you think people feel more energized when they switch their diet? Yeah. So every, I mean, everybody's a little different, right? So still finding, it's still important to, to find the way of eating that works for you. Some people, for example, work really well on a high carbohydrate diet. So we've got the 80, 10, 10 people. They're doing 80% of their calories are coming from carbohydrates, 10% fat, 10% protein. A lot of those are endurance athletes. And they find that that combination 
keeps them running. These are like ultra marathoners. So you think about energy and how much energy you need to run 50 miles, a yes. hundred miles. Insane. You know, it's insane. I know it's I insane. I can't get my head around it. How anyone yeah. ever does that. I really can't. Yeah. Yeah. And then all these athletes in in different sports now are discovering the energy that um, that they're getting and the strength and and especially recovery. The recovery time that they've noticed is reduced significantly once they switched over to plants and not animals. Um, So the evidence is is out there. It's very clear. And uh, most people can feel it pretty pretty quickly, um, though we do like to warn that there is a period for some people of detox, right? Where we, where you may feel even more sluggish or you may feel without energy. And to know that that doesn't mean that you need meat in your life. Uh, it just means that you're detoxing. And um, so we encourage you to stick with it and uh, keep it up and see what happens over the long term and and have some support around that that detoxing. I always compare it to to drugs or or alcohol, right? Of withdrawal symptoms that you get. Just because a heroin addict is having withdrawal symptoms doesn't mean the heroin addict needs heroin to be healthy, right? Yeah. Even though it's even though that person's body is saying, give me heroin. Uh, it's an extreme example, but it's it's really the case, right? They're craving heroin, not because heroin's healthy, it's because they're addicted. And a lot of these uh, animal products, particularly uh, dairy and, and cheese in particular, are physically addictive. Uh, and so getting off of them is, is not easy, but once yeah. you do, yeah. You feel great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there was one study that said that dairy was kind of a, as addictive as crack cocaine or something, mm-hmm. wasn't there? Yeah. It's just yeah. bonkers. Yeah, specific, especially cheese, because really it's it's just fat and salt. That's what yeah. cheese is, you know, fat and salt. And uh, those are very, very addictive ingredients. Yeah. Do you eat vegan cheese? I do. I do. Um, there are... There are more and more healthier uh, cheese options coming out as well. A lot of them are made from oils, which, you know, I I do eat oil, but not a whole lot. And it's kind of that spectrum of what's ideal versus what's kind of doable for you and your life and what you want to, um, you know, what, what balance that you want to create. So I stay away from it as much as possible, but now there's so many cheeses made out of almonds and cashews and even beans. Their, their cheeses being made out of beans. So to read the ingredients and um, you know, I, I don't know if you have, do you have Kite Hill, the brand in UK no, yet? No. So. Miyoko's? No. No. Oh, yes. We got to get some, get you some of these in the UK, <laughs> but you might have some that I don't know about. I haven't been to London in a couple of years. I, I was going to London every, every year for a little bit till the pandemic hit. So oh. yeah, I would discover all sorts of new f- foods and yeah, so much fun. So yeah. yes, I enjoy it. We have some amazing sort of um, kind of little small companies that are kind of ship nationwide in the UK who are creating these artisan cultured, you know, mm. fermented cheeses from nuts mm. and things using like truffles and oh my god, they're oh. amazing! Oh, oh so good! <laughs> you've, got, you've got to come back to London and try them. <laughs> oh my gosh! No, that sounds oh phenomenal, phenomenal. Yeah. I'm a mac and cheese. Uh, addict. Really? If, if I had to, yes, 
Yes, I wanted I wanted to create a TV show where I went around the world looking for the best vegan mac and cheese. Wouldn't oh that be God. fun? Brilliant! <laughs> oh yeah, take me with you. Yeah, right. <laughs> Let's go. Have you uh, just to finish off? Have you heard of Veganuary? Of course, yes, yeah, absolutely. Because I spoke to Matthew Glover, who was the co-founder the other day. Um, well, in in last week's podcast, actually, and he was saying how they're sort of trying to crack the American market, but it's obviously such a huge vast country so I mean you know a, a lot of people that you know heard of Veganuary obviously we've got it coming up in sort of the next month or so yeah no uh, it's it is pretty popular here in the United States as well it's I mean wow every year that just explodes more yeah. and more and I've I've read some of the statistics about people sticking with it and that's those numbers are increasing every year as well which is exciting and so yeah, we have it, we have it, uh, we recognize it here and it's, wow, I, I'm so thankful for, for him and that movement because it's making, it's making waves all over the globe. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's been so nice to chat to you. Um, is it Sexy Fit Vegan where people can go and find out more information and, you know, follow you on, on um, socials and everything? Yes. SexyFitVegan.com. You can find all the socials and our podcast and all that good stuff. Brilliant. Thanks so much, Ella. Thanks, Holly. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. I hope Ella has inspired you as much as she inspired me. Molly and I will be back on Tuesday morning, as usual, for the last of our World Vegan Month specials. Um, And next Thursday, I'll be chatting to Suni Patel, a gut health specialist who is very good friends with Heather Small from M People. So they are both great fun to chat to. And Heather talks about how Sunny's helped her to get in shape for her upcoming tour. See you next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.